In today's show, the Bitcoin price dips 14% in August. As traders warn of a macro drop down, I'll be breaking down the latest technical analysis. And as Plan B shares here, Bitcoin August close just above $20,000. And quoting Dave DeWave, another monthly Bitcoin candle printed. Significantly, the monthly MACD has now fully reset to the zero line. The histogram is as extended as previously, and the risk reward for buyers and investors favorable to buy the dip not the top. And quoting Crypto Tony, this is my macro go-to on Bitcoin currently until we see a change in market behavior and becoming macro bullish, taking out $30,000 and putting in a higher high. I am leaning towards a macro drop down, which is where I will be looking to ladder into altcoins for swings. Now check this out. This just in. Luxury watchmaker Jacob launches this pretty sweet limited edition Bitcoin watch. And there are now 900,000 addresses that hold one full Bitcoin. And also Georgia's government just approved a bill regulating Bitcoin and crypto, which is being sent to parliament for a final vote. Also in today's show, D.C. Attorney General sues Michael Saylor in microstrategy for tax evasion. That's right. The D.C. Attorney General Carl Rosine shared the following. Today we are suing Michael Saylor, a billionaire tech executive who has lived in the district for more than a decade but has never paid any D.C. income taxes for tax fraud. Also be covering his multi-million dollar Bitcoin price prediction. Quoting Michael Saylor here, there is no price target. I expect we'll be buying Bitcoin at the local top forever and I expect Bitcoin is going to go into the millions. So we are very patient. We think it is the future of money. Also in today's show, CoinGecko reveals the U.S. state most interested in Bitcoin and Ethereum with the leader being California, followed by Illinois, New York, and Florida when it comes to web page traffic for Bitcoin and Ethereum. Also in today's show, crypto capitalist Arthur Hayes says the Fed can trigger Bitcoin rallies despite hawkish stance and explains how, quoting him here, remember, dollar liquidity go up, stonks and Bitcoin pump, dollar liquidity go down, stonks and Bitcoin dump. You might as well throw away all those useless economy textbooks that talk about earnings and other nonsense. Jay Powell is your daddy. Give him some respect. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. All right, welcome back to another episode of Crypto News Alerts. I'm your host, JV, and welcome to podcast episode number 1034. The Bitcoin has sealed its worst August performance since 2015 after the monthly candle closed down 13 which you can see here in the Bitcoin one hour candle chart. And as plan B pointed out here, Bitcoin August closed $20,059. However, according to Cointelegraph Markets Pro and TradingView, Bitcoin closed just under 20,000 at 19,990, a noctable's efforts to stabilize the spot price. The August close was only the second monthly candle to finish below the $20,000 mark, depending upon the exchange used since late 2020. Now, while preserving June's close at the macro low on the monthly chart, the performance led traders into firmly bearish territory. Among them was Crypto Tony, who warned that the stage was set for deeper losses going forward. His outlook, he told Twitter followers on the day, saw him leaning towards a macro drop down. Quitting him here on Crypto Twitter, this is my macro go-to on Bitcoin currently and until we see a change in market behavior and becoming macro bullish, taking out $30,000 and putting in a higher high, I am leaning towards a macro drop 
drop down, which is where I'll be looking to ladder into altcoins for swings. Meanwhile, Caleb Franzen, senior market analyst of Cubic Analytics, added that the first weekly candle of September is already shaping up to take Bitcoin further into the red. Quoting him here, the weekly candle for Bitcoin doesn't look good, though it is still very early in the week. The long top wicks and sell-off is objectively a bad sign. If it closes this way, particularly if it turns into a red candle, something to watch. For the rest of the week, another saw more optimistic implications in the monthly close. Popular Twitter account Dave the Wave highlighted moving average convergence divergence, but it knows the MACD as having predicted the come down from local highs above 25K and now conversely favoring relief for the bulls. Quoting him here, another monthly Bitcoin candle printed significantly. The monthly MACD has now fully reset to the zero line. The histogram is as extended as previously and the risk reward for buyers and investors is favorable to buy the dip and not the top. And on the basis of this indicator, a further correction was also predicted at the time when Uber bullishness dominated on crypto Twitter, which he references here from March 4th. And for fellow trader Miles, he reiterated the potentially bullish knock-on effect of the MACD cross from mid-August, one which nonetheless has seen no continuation yet. As he shares here, MACD cross already in, lining up with the moving average cross incoming, no continuation yet. Now let's discuss new historical lows for the HODL metric. That's right, one on-chain indicator in particular, meanwhile reinforced the feeling that the current Bitcoin price levels are for accumulating and not selling. We're talking about Bitcoin's realized value HODL ratio, which measures the relative value of coins moving in recent weeks compared to one or two years prior, which now sits at its lowest ever. The dubious achievement was noticed by Philip Swift, creator of on-chain data resource, looking to Bitcoin, quoting him here, our HODL ratio is now at historical lows indicating near-term prices paid for Bitcoin are relatively low to those paid one to two years ago. Useful way of identifying sentiment via actual behavior. Accumulate. So there you have it. Keep stacking them sats. And this just in, luxury watchmaker Jacob launches this limited edition Bitcoin watch. Let me know your thoughts about the watch in the comments below, as well as there are now 900,000 addresses that hodl one full Bitcoin. Where my whole coiners that make some noise in the comments below. Also, Georgia's government approves a bill regulating Bitcoin and crypto, which has been sent to parliament for a final vote. Bitcoin game theory in full effect. And before I break down next story of the day, CoinGecko reveals the US state most interested in Bitcoin and Ethereum. But first, let's take a quick look at the overall crypto market, which you can see is currently correcting and in the red. We got Bitcoin down one and a half percent for the day, maintaining just under that critical $20,000 resistance. We have Ethereum down 1.3%, trading under $1,600, while Binance Coin, XRP, Cardano, Solana, Polkadot, Avalanche, and every major crypto currently correcting and in the red. But all right, now let's break down our next story of the day. The golden state of California may be America's most inquisitive state about Bitcoin and Ether. New data from CoinGecko has revealed. That's right. In a new report shared by CoinGecko, internet users from California accounted for a whopping 43% of all Bitcoin and Ethereum web traffic searches on the crypto tracking website. This is despite the entire state population only accounting for 11.9% of the U.S. state's population. Now, Bobby Young, chief operating officer and co-founder of CoinGecko, said it was unsurprising that California took the crown in the blue chip crypto interest, given its place as a major technological hub. Now, Cali is also home, obviously, to Silicon Valley, one of the largest technology and innovation hubs in the world. And among the largest companies situated in Silicon Valley to have invested in blockchain-based applications and crypto startups include Apple, Google, Meta, 
PayPal and Wells Fargo. Now, centralized exchange Coinbase was one of the first major crypto companies to be headquartered in Cali, despite no longer having a headquarters today. Also, the Graph, Helium, MakerDAO, and DYDX are among the latest Web3 projects with a presence in the Golden State. How many of you are from California? Let me know in the comments below. I actually lived there for about four years in a small Dutch town called Solvang. When I was younger, I attended, I think it was like third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade in California. Now, many prestigious universities with excellent engineering and technology departments are also located in California, such as Stanford University, California Institute of Technology, and the University of California. Berkeley. Now, CoinGecko also noted that other states with strong interest in two cryptos include Illinois, New York, Florida, and Washington, followed by Pennsylvania, Texas, Virginia, Georgia, and Arizona. And across the top 20 states, most searches on the website appeared to be weighted towards Bitcoin. However, the data found that four particular states saw more searches for Ethereum than its competitor. Quoting them here, was especially notable as Colorado, Wisconsin, New Jersey, and Florida's interest in Ethereum over Bitcoin. Explain on. It remains to be seen how these rankings and market shares will play out in the coming months with Ethereum's merge around the corner. That's right, two more weeks to the release of the merge. The data was collected between May 2nd to August 21st, 2022, and only collected web traffic data from the U.S. The data was indexed on a scale of 0 to 100, with 100 representing the highest point of web traffic, which is California, relative to other states. Now for an interesting fact, the findings come as the recent study.com survey revealed that over 64% of U.S.-based parents and college graduates with a sufficient understanding of blockchain technology, want crypto to be taught in school classrooms. That's right, because it's the future of money. Guess what? In school, they teach you absolutely nothing about money and how it works. And on the global scale, the U.S. had shared the top spot with Germany when it comes to crypto-friendly regulation and legislation, sharing the top spot with Germany and beating out Singapore, Australia, and Switzerland. So there you have it. And before I break down next breaking story of the day, D.C. Attorney General sues Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy for tax evasion. But first, let's take a quick look at the overall crypto market cap sitting at $977 billion with $65 billion in volume in the past 24 hours with the current Bitcoin dominance back on the decline at 39.2% with the Ether dominance at 19.6% and checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers in the past 24 hours. We have Terra Classic leading the pack up about 49% trading at 3.8 cents followed by Balancer up 10% trading at $7.61 followed by EOS up about 4% trading at a dollar. 47 and checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers for the past week. You can see virtually all the major altcoins are in the red minus a handful, including Luna Classic up 167%, XCC up about 16%, and Bit up 14.5%. And checking out one of my favorite indicators is the Crypto Greed and Fear Index. Shows we are currently rated at 20 out of 100, back in extreme fear. Yesterday at 23, last week at 25, and last month at 31 in fear. But all right, now for our next breaking story of the day. Carl Racine, Attorney General for the District of Columbia and the U.S. has announced that his office has sued business intelligence firm MicroStrategy and its co-founder, Michael Saylor, for charges related to tax evasion. And I want to remind you, that's how they took down Al Capone, just saying. In a Wednesday Twitter thread, Racine announced a lawsuit against MicroStrategy and its previous CEO, Michael Saylor, claiming that he never paid any D.C. income taxes and that the company conspired to assist him in evading paying for taxes. And according to the Attorney General's office, Saylor owes more than $20 
$125 million in taxes for income earned during his time as a D.C. resident, but penalties from both the former CEO and MicroStrategy can total more than $100 million. It sounds like a shakedown if you're to ask me. Quoting him here, today we're suing Michael Saylor, a billionaire tech executive who has lived in the district for more than a decade but has never paid any D.C. income taxes for tax fraud. We're also suing his company, MicroStrategy, for conspiring to help him evade taxes he legally owes on hundreds of millions of dollars he earned while living in D.C. It's the first lawsuit brought under D.C.'s recently amended False Claims Act, encouraging whistleblowers to report residents who evade our tax laws by misrepresenting their residents. With this lawsuit, we are putting residents and employers on notice that if you enjoy all the benefits of living in our great city while refusing to pay your fair share in taxes, we will hold you accountable. So there you have it. That's the Twitter thread. What are your thoughts? The Attorney General's Office has enforcement authority under the amended legislation and said it has the power to impose treble damages for three times the amount of taxes owed. In Saylor's case, $75 million. Now, a whistleblower originally filed a complaint against Saylor back in April of 2021. With the suit, OAG is seeking to recover tens of millions of dollars in unpaid income taxes and penalties. And among the Attorney General's Office claims were allegations. MicroStrategy had detailed information confirming Saylor's residency in D.C., but collaborated with the former CEO to facilitate his tax evasion rather than reporting it to authorities. Under D.C. laws, individuals who maintain a residence in the district for at least 183 days, which ultimately means at least six months out of the year, now they are required to pay local taxes. Authorities said Saylor had been living in a 7,000-square-foot penthouse in Georgetown where he docked at least two of his luxury yachts since 2005. So what are your thoughts surrounding the D.C. Attorney General with these allegations? allegations on Michael Strategy and Michael Saylor for tax evasion? Do you feel this is frivolous and just an attack on Bitcoin? Or do you feel that this lawsuit is warranted? Let me know in the comments below. And speaking of Michael Saylor, now let's discuss his multi-million dollar Bitcoin price prediction. Owing to countless Bitcoin purchases, the Saylor-led business intelligence firm MicroStrategy is still the largest corporate holder of Bitcoin with over 129,000 BTC. So obviously this is an enormous Bitcoin position and MicroStrategy was the first publicly traded company to put Bitcoin on its balance sheet. And if it wasn't for Michael Saylor, Tesla, Elon Musk would not hold Bitcoin. Now, Saylor says there's no shaking his confidence. He assured that there is no price target at which MicroStrategy will begin liquidating its Bitcoin holdings, even as the market-wide meltdown evaporated trillions of dollars worth of value. The leading Bitcoin maximalist and his company is patiently holding firm. Quoting him here from a recent Yahoo Finance interview, there is no price target. I expect we'll be buying Bitcoin at the local top forever. And I expect Bitcoin is going to go into the millions. So we are very patient. We think is the future of money. I agree 100%. Now, Terra and UST's destructive downward spiral was a huge blow that further cracked investor confidence. According to Saylor, this event will spur efforts to regulate stable coins and security tokens. The executive of the NASDAQ-listed software company also believes this drawdown and subsequent regulation will, in fact, be good for the industry. Ultimately, when the dust settles, people will realize that Bitcoin is superior to the thousands of existing crypto assets, argued Michael Saylor, quoting him again here. Once people figure out why Bitcoin is superior to everything else, then the institutions are going to come in with large sums of money, and we are not going to have to struggle through this massive explanation why we're different than 19,000 other crypto tokens. Michael Saylor also affirmed that Bitcoin is the future of money, but to scale up to its ability to achieve billions and billions of transactions, it needs to have an ethically, economically, and technically sound base layer and second layer like the Lightning Network, which we have in full effect. And before I break down next story of the day, crypto capitalist Arthur Hayes says Fed can trigger Bitcoin rallies despite 
hawkish stance and explains how. But first, I want to remind you to smash that show more button right below this video in the description for a detailed analysis of what's going on in the crypto market. This goes for all 1,300 plus videos right here on my YouTube channel. And if you like receiving crypto news every day, just like this, make sure you subscribe to the channel, turn on all notifications, Will Smith, that like button, and drop a comment right down below. It helps out the channel tremendously. But all right, now let's break down our final story of the day. One crypto exchange former CEO is weighing in on the state of the economy after the Fed recently announced that it doesn't plan to lower interest rates anytime soon. In a series of tweets, the BitMEX co-founder, Arthur Hayes, hypothesizes how the Fed might be able to reduce assets and liabilities on its balance sheet while also prompting the stock market to rally. Quitting him here from this Twitter storm, number one, let's play a little game called Hide Those Treasuries, the rules. The Fed is reducing its balance sheet. The U.S. Treasury is issuing bonds to pay for large and increasing fiscal spending. We don't want stocks to pump what to do. Number two, who will buy the bonds the Treasury must issue so voters can get more stimmies? Foreigners? No. The Fed? No. U.S. commercial banks? Maybe. They need some help. Number three, what if U.S. banks can buy Treasuries and then flip them into the Fed in exchange for dollars? Then the banks take those dollars and leverage them through the financial markets. Net result, more dollar liquidity. Stunks pump. Yay. Number four, the banks can't buy more treasuries right now because holding treasuries incurs balance sheet charges. The Fed can't buy more treasuries now because it's doing quantitative tightening and reducing the size of its balance sheet to fight inflation. But there is a solution. Number five, every night the Fed accepts treasuries from the banks and gives them fresh dollars. Banks don't get hit with capital charges and get very cheap dollar liquidity that can get leverage in the financial economy. Stonks pump. Number six, this is called standing repo facility run by the New York Fed. They are doing a test run in September to make sure the pipes are working correctly. Its maximum size is $500 billion. Number seven, will the Fed activate it? I don't know, but we should keep an eye on it. Therefore, I added it to my USD liquidity index. The SRF is a great way to soak up treasury issuance that is required for pre-election stimmies. Number nine, forget about the Fed funds rate. Just watch the dollar liquidity and form a view on its future trajectory. This September, when the Fed is supposed to be draining more dollar liquidity by quantitative tightening, let's see if that is actually the case when we look at the total picture. And he concludes here with number 10. Remember, dollar liquidity number go up. Stonks and Bitcoin pump. Dollar liquidity number go down. Stonks and Bitcoin dump. You might as well throw away all those useless economy textbooks that talk about earnings and other nonsense. J-Pow is your daddy. Give him some respect. Now for the top three comments from yesterday's episode. Marino's wrote, great show as always, JV. You are the real deal. Hope we meet at a Bitcoin conference at some point. I don't mind Bitcoin falling lower. I will scoop up more. Wish I bought more at 3000 But we always need to look forward and take advantage of this discount. Thanks again, man. I received the Bitcoin. And at some point, I will forward your good deed to someone else. One love. Cheers, fam. Congrats on winning $50 in Bitcoin. Super happy for you. One love. Our next featured comment comes from Ellen, who wrote, Thank you, JV. Thanks very much for picking me. $50 in Bitcoin. You're a true mensch. Love the show. Super info. We all need to know. See you manana. Don't forget, Ellen, to post your Bitcoin address in the About Me section of your YouTube channel so I can actually send you the $50 in Bitcoin that you won. And congrats again. And our third and final featured comment comes from Zane. I wish you a lot of success with the channel and happy life. Thank you, Crypto News Alerts, for everything you do for our community. I love and appreciate your giving back. Back to the community. One love, fam. And to be featured in tomorrow's episode, don't forget to drop a comment right down below. And if you're not already subscribed to the channel, you know what to do. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. Peace.